Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent guests who've been on JM in the AM. And right now, it's time for our Pesach Products program. It happened this past Tuesday, brought to you by Aaron's Casino Farms, presented by the OU. Full panel Pesach product questions for you here on JM Rewind at the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, all right, uh, and we are set to begin uh, on this um, uh, Tuesday morning, uh, presented by Aaron's Casino Farms. And I want to thank the folks at Aaron's Casino Farms talking about Chesed. They continue to do Chesed in addition to running a an amazing Pesach superstore. They've transformed their store into an amazing Pesach superstore uh, out there on Casino Boulevard in Queens. Um, and we thank them for presenting this show. And we also, uh, of course, thank our friends at the OU, who for years, for years, first under the leadership of Rabbi Mordechai Grumberg, who I was told might join us today, but I have a feeling that that's not going to happen. He's probably busy uh, traveling through uh, the provinces of China and making sure things are kosher. Um, but Rabbi Grumberg, of course, and uh, then subsequently both Rabbi Schoenfeld and Rabbi Gersten uh, have been uh, amazing at providing uh, questions, uh, answers to our questions. And now, after all this stalling, I can finally kick off our Pesach Products program because Larry Birnbaum is with us, and that means we do have our full panel. Oh, and Ronnie's there as well, Baruch Hashem. We have our full panel. I'm going to unmute. I am going to unmute our participants. And, oh, you actually have to unmute uh, Rabbi Schoenfeld. And I will say welcome to everybody. Uh, we'll start, of course, with Ray Schoenfeld. Ray Schoenfeld, welcome to you. Thanks for joining us this morning. Yeah, like I don't know how long it's been, how many years it's been, but it's just oh, it's, Ray Schoenfeld, we we have to improve your microphone. I, I know... just got a new one uh, with my son bought me with uh, this extension. You're telling me one. This is not so great. By by the way, I, I'm being serious. If you could hold that there the entire show, that's a million times better. Thank you, Rabbi Gersten. Wow. A special welcome to you, Rabbi Ellie Gersten, Thank of course. You. Thank you. For... For having me on the show, thank you. A pleasure to have you here. And we go all the way to Avenue J. I know they're not really in Avenue J, folks, but they're in an undisclosed location. Shh, we're not going to tell you where. Where Ronnie and Larry Birnbaum are. Oh, we could say you're in Miami. Uh, you've heard about those riot. You've heard about those riots in Miami, everybody. It's Ronnie and Larry that have been causing all the trouble. <laughs> no, no, we did not participate. Believe me, preparations. That's it. Believe me, we didn't think you did. But uh, Ronnie and Larry, of course, and you could find their amazing staff on uh, J Drugs Avenue J in Brooklyn, New York, plus their other locations, including uh, Kings Bay Chemist and J Drugs 2. With a special hello to Larry, to Ronnie, to Andrew, to Rebecca, to Jonathan, everybody who's involved in their incredible work. Last time we saw the Birnbaums was at the Hass concert. Typical that we would last see them at a Chesed event. They're always doing Chesed, and they have your answers to the questions. By the way... Uh, you know, I'll do the by way in a second because there are certain things that people have been pressing. They just It's amazing. You'd think in 2021, after hearing this show 30 times, you'd think people might have the answers to these. But even people very close to me uh, don't remember the answers year to year. Thank God we have this reminder. But I just want to start. I want to start. Uh, many people know that Rabbi Schoenfeld and his family suffered a loss this year. Uh, and that's, of course, the passing of Rabbi Fabian Schoenfeld. Uh, Rabbi Schoenfeld, it would be impossible in these uh, couple of minutes uh, to sum up the incredible leadership role that your father had and uh, other rabbis of his generation had on the American Jewish community and, frankly, on the worldwide Jewish community. But uh, I, I would imagine that both in your community and around the world, people miss him tremendously and uh, remember uh, his great leadership. 
Yeah, well, Nahum, yeah, you're right. Uh, we could take four or five of these programs and not, and not say half of what we have to. But I just say this, that our family, as much as we were the children, we were there, we knew how busy he was with the cloud. We didn't know the depth, the range, uh, and the profundity of, of his reach. Little people, small people, major people, uh, people that he helped, women that he helped out of their Aguna situations, which we simply were not aware of. Um, and it's, it, the list goes on. So yeah, Rabbi Schoenfeld rattled off in a 10-minute phone conversation that we had recently. He rattled off for me just some of the stories that he learned about during Shiva. Forget about everything that he knew and his family knew and all the other things that were not said yet. Uh, but it really is remarkable, and his memory should be a blessing for everybody. And a lot of people in this audience were very close to Rabbi Schoenfeld, uh, to say the least. And uh, we remember him as we kick off this uh, show this morning. Uh, also, as we know, a terrible tragedy, and now the statistics, unfortunately, and it's a shame to refer to them in that way, but this is how they're going to be reported, obviously, uh, from the fire up in the Spring Valley area, the um, uh, the assisted living center, the nursing home that went up in flames and seems has been completely destroyed, uh, had a, uh, a, uh, a, a two, it was a 200-bed facility. Unbelievable firefighters and good Samaritans, including people from Shomrim, Chaveirim, etc., ran in to save as many people as possible from the terrible blaze. Obviously, uh, not all the results are, are going to end up being positive. We're already hearing different statistics about how many have been found dead, uh, and that number seems to be changing already uh, by the minute. So we pray for those who are up there. We know that our community worldwide is going to respond because we always do respond to tragedies like this in the most amazing of ways, uh, but that's very little comfort for the uh, hours after this terrible tragedy where so many families are going to be affected and, and people who did survive, in fact, saw uh, their entire facility go up in flames. So a very, very delicate situation, to say the least, up in the Muncie area on this almost Erev Yontif. Our thoughts are uh, with everybody up there, and uh, I know that this uh, audience worldwide will respond when told how we can help out in the aftermath of that situation. Uh, you know what happens here. What happens here is that you are emailing me, Nahum at NahumSiegel.com. We know that you are texting us, or I should say using our app, commenting on the app by going to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone. And I see already there's some uh, questions up there regarding different things for Pesach. And um, we, we know, and I will get to the list of some of the things that people have been bombarding me with over the last week or so in just a couple of minutes. But Rabbi Schoenfeld and Rabbi Gersten, i got to start with the following. We have been told that there's a lot of things we need to know for this year because Shabbos is Erev Pesach. And I guess what most rabbis have been concentrating on is what to wash on Shabbos morning, right? You want a Suda, and we know the need to wash Shabbos morning. It seems that there are two basic pieces of advice. One to actually use challah and be very, 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 very careful, and, and one to use egg matzah. If there are other suggestions, you'll tell us. And then the discussion about what to do for challah is for those of us especially who are makhmid to each other. When it comes to eating, I'm really makhmid on a lot of things. And, you know, I try very hard when it comes to the eating mitzvahs to be diligent about it. So if you're makhmid on eating challah what do you do Shabbos afternoon? Obviously, you're not going to eat egg matzah or matzah or any type of chametz. So what do you do? We've spoken about the early davening, etc. Um, so th you'd agree, Rabbi Schoenfeld, those are some of the basics that we've been, that every community's been discussing over the last few days regarding this upcoming Shabbos? Well, that's probably the primary, and then, of course, the whole method of disposal of the chametz. yeah. Okay. Oh, so, yes! Uh, yeah, and I need you to get closer to that microphone, but yes, I forgot, and, and one of the most important issues 
You're going to have chametz in your house Shabbos morning, likely, unless you're in a hotel somewhere. You're likely going to have chametz in. What do you do with that chametz? And there are recommendations, right, flushing them down the toilet, uh, bringing, uh, having somebody come who's not Jewish and have, make an arrangement before Shabbos for them to take your extra chametz, etc. Or you can do what the seagulls do, Rabbi, and uh, that is essentially make sure all the chametz is eaten before the time. <laughs> before the time. I remember, I remember uh, back in, uh, I don't know what year it was, I, I think one of the years that, that, that we had a situation like this on the calendar was 1977, so I was a little kid. Rabbi Schoenfeld, you'll appreciate this because you know some of the members of the seagull family. So my mother, who you knew was really nervous. I mean, you know, while Balabusta would be nervous that her Pesach there's chametz in the house, right? So she was really nervous. You know, you sure we should get this many rolls and these many challahs for Shabbos and that? And my brother, who you know well, said, said, Ma, we are seagulls. Trust me, all the chametz will be gone <laughs> by the time the Shabbos meal ends. So if you're in a situation like ours, you have nothing to worry about. But generally, people want to make sure to dispose of the chametz properly. And by the way, that usually follows a very early Shacharis, what time will they be gathering at the Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills this coming Shabbos? Well, I think uh, Hashkamina is either 7.15, 7.20, and then, but our, the, the main minion is at 7.30, so we're all, wow. we're all early. This and by the way, that, that, to me, that sounds even a drop late, because I know that in this neighborhood, it's all 7 o'clock across the board, and every, obviously the meals and the chametz has to be uh, gotten, uh, has to be eaten by 10.30, and disposed of shortly thereafter. Uh, but here's the question. I mentioned in the disposal, one of, you know, one of the methods is just throwing it out to the wind, but just make sure you don't throw it onto your own property. Uh, it, and, and then on Shabbos, you have to be within an Arab uh, right. to get it out of the property. Yeah. Right, in order to bring it outside. Um, this, so here it is. A listener brought up the following situation, which I, I couldn't believe I never thought of. The reason you must, and I think the OU book, I think they're accusing the OU booklet of a of a of being of misguiding people on this i think i wish i could find the original email the one email i got to find i can't find you must prepare the zroa the shank bone and the egg for the seder plate before shabbos because and let me let me see if i get this right rabbi uh, schoenfeld and rabbi gersten because if you were to prepare it saturday night if you were to prepare it in the minutes after shabbos before the seder you would have to eat the Zroa and the Beitza at some point during the first day of Yontif. Am I framing this properly? 100%. And that applies to both? That applies to both? I don't know why our listener thought it would be different. Both nights? To both, to no, both to, to, both, to both items. I thought our listener was yeah, pointing. Yeah, because you can't be cooking one day for the next. So if you're going to uh, make the Zroa or the Beitza that night, and I said that in my shul instructions just the other day. You must be sure to eat it by the time the, the next next morning, sometime, right? So and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to look for the uh, email because I think the listener said it should be different the zroa from the beitza, that I don't remember why, in terms of that situation. But anyway, the bottom line is Rabbi, Rabbi Gerson, you don't know they should be different, but it should be the same, right? No, the, yeah, the, the, you're right. But the I, I think the way it was written, which was a little bit incorrect, was it implied that the egg cannot be eaten at the seder. That it, because it's roasted. That's no, it's it. That's it. it. That's yeah, it. Bank that's bones it. Can't be eaten at the seder. The egg can be. You can eat roasted egg at the seder. Not only that. Not only that, Ray Gerson. I'm so glad you brought this up, especially since my father often on the second night of the seder, the second seder would eat the egg uh, from the yeah. seder plate. 
But I'm and and but it, the I'm, point was that they were trying to make was that the roasted shank bone cannot be eaten, and they correct. Because they were talking about the egg, also. They Correct. Very, oh, I'm so happy. And 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 uh, and the point being, according to the listener that emailed me, there's actually a custom that some people have to eat that egg. So you know. So again, you know. So, all right. So, so there you go. So so if you're preparing uh, for Pesach, make sure all those preparations are done on Friday. It's going to be a little strange. Right, it'll all be done more than twenty-four hours in advance. The salt water one can prepare on Friday. The romaine lettuce one can prepare on Friday. If you want to start that seder, which starts late enough, God bless daylight savings time. If you want to start that seder any reasonable hour, then you have to make sure to uh, uh, to have everything prepared on Friday uh, before uh, before Shabbos begins. All right, some of our questions, and Ronnie and Larry are here from J Drugs. All right, it, it seems that although I think I remember year to year what the answer is, it seems that Tums. Is one of the most asked questions in the Jewish world. Uh, panel, panel, can one can one take Tums on Pesach? Yes or no? My vote is yes. Well, I mean, I guess Larry's got to answer that one. But I think um, Tums is Tums is yes. And uh, for those people who want to be a little bit more strict with themselves, Adwi has a delicious tasting uh, Tums substitute. Is so, does, does, Tums is yes. Does cream Tums also qualify, or there's an additional problem with that, or, or should that be fine? It's like a cream. No, they have no all the uh, well the the kitniot. Ah. So you know, if required, then uh, right. you so, could do that. So as the rabbis okay. would suggest, if it's but being the used, smooth, the smoothies, the smoothies comes are kitniot. That's what I mean, the smoothies. So the rabbis would right. say, if it's real medication, then then that's one way to ask the right. question. If you're taking it like for a calcium supplement, right. which some people do use comes uh, as, then I would leave it aside. But if you're using it, I guess, uh, for too much matz or uh, other issues um, as a medication, then the rabbis would take over and they would probably allow you to use kidneys. Larry, for the 20-year-olds in our audience, have you seen any uh, melatonin substitute for Pesach that's not kidneys? Melatonin is kidneys. Have you found no, there, there, there is no substitute. There is no, um, you know, uh, you know, Solgar and... Um, uh, Maxi Health and these other ones—they they all have kidneys in their um, uh, in their uh, melatonin. All right. Um, so basically, the twenty-year-olds ain't going to be sleeping for a week. At least that's what I've been told. I didn't realize how many young people in our community use melatonin. That's important. Maybe Rabbi Gerson will weigh in. A lot of these, most of these kidneys items, if they're purchased before Yantif, Ooh. so kidneys is buffering a simple majority. Right. Uh, and uh, so purchased before Yantif. It, it really should be okay, um, in, in my opinion. I hope Rabbi Gerst, maybe you, you well, I mean, you know, that, that's correct also. But also, um, oftentimes, if you can take it as a pill, not as right. a chewable. Right. Then, um, Swallow yeah. it whole. Swallow exactly. it whole would be better than chewing it. Most of it. Right. The melatonin does come in, in dissolving and, in, in, um, and also in a regular tablet form. So you could take the regular tablet form. Um question this is a serious question can you use egg matzah shabbos afternoon for shalosh Judas? i said no before am i right or wrong so actually there, there are different opinions about that um i was speaking to Schechter about this question about egg matzah shabbos uh, afternoon shabbos, shabbos afternoon. afternoon for shalosh if it's eaten before the 10th hour right okay so there, there, well, the 10th hour that's important before right. 10th hour. right you can't eat after the 10th hour and uh so he was saying that there, there are egg matzahs today that are made with grape juice also um, there's a distinction made if it's made with grape juice or not. Okay, if it's just made with apple juice, eggs, then not everybody agrees that that's matzah shira. 
and maybe you could be Yotze the mitzvah of matzah. And there are those that question that. But if it's made with grape juice, he said um, that, uh, I, I believe he said in his own home, he would be eating egg matzah for Shal Shudas. Wow. Boy, I better hop. I'm sorry. What did you say, Rabbi? Rabbi Moshe allows the egg matzahs to be eaten before this man Isser, and you wash over it. You, can, you don't need any special shiur. I mean, whatever you, you would normally wash over a piece of matzah. Uh, Rabbi Moshe has it in his chuba. It's not something new. It's, I think Simon Kufman Hay in the first chalik or a chayim. Right, but Rabbi Moshe is talking about eating it for the morning, not for shalosh. Yeah, yeah. No, we were yeah, talking exactly. about shalosh. Before this man is, yeah. Exactly. Shachter says that even though the Ramah says not to eat, you know, that our minig is not to eat it, um, egg matzah uh, for shalosh. He says that he quotes the Chok Yaakov right there on the page on the on the Ramah that says that the Ramah isn't saying it's also to eat it. It's just since our minig is not to have it on Pesach, no one would bake it. So he says they didn't they didn't have it. But if you if you do have it, if you do have egg matzah, then then the Chok Yaakov says you could use it for shal Wow. Um, and then so there's a there's a definitely a, a benefit in doing so because then you have shal Others don't want to do it even that because of eating like Ramosha that you that it could be a shash chametz. Right. So it depends on how you understand the idea of egg matzah. So if someone would wash on egg matzah this coming Shabbos afternoon, they would have someone to rely on. Correct. That's, yeah. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Um, all right. Now the most – oh, you know, before, before we get to the most important question, peeled garlic. You know how they sell peeled garlic in, in packages? Do you need a special hechsher, or could you just use it for Pesach if it's a closed package, brand new, of peeled garlic, as opposed to garlic cloves that one would buy, you know, in the produce section? I'll leave that for a bit first. And I, I, you know, some people don't eat uh, knobloch. They don't eat garlic a whole Pesach. It's just like one of, it's a, it was on a list that you do not eat for whatever reason. I guess they stored it with wheat. Uh, Rabbi Gerson, you know anything different that would be the yeah, peeled garlic I, in whole? I, I, I think it wouldn't be a problem. Unless, again, you know, it would, it would depend on the different uh, minhagim people have about garlic. Uh, there's an issue also with peeled garlic. Uh, it's one of those things listed that it's, uh, you know, not to leave it overnight. Um, is you know, like peeled eggs, peeled onions, peeled garlic. So those who, who you know, have a minute not to buy peeled garlic at all, the whole year round. Um, but um, otherwise, I, yeah, I don't think it's an issue. I think it would be, I don't think there would be any comments with it. I never thought of that with the whole peeled thing overnight. There's yeah, some. Yeah, the, writes if it's in the refrigerator, it's okay. Yeah, know, that's what with the onions. What don't we usually say if you wrap yeah, it and yeah, put yeah, it in the fridge? Yeah, different. Moshe has a chuva where he's uh, about to peel. All right, so I'm going with that. If you if someone who eats garlic on Pesach and generally eats peeled garlic, they likely can open up a new package of peeled garlic to use on Pesach. I'm going to go with that. Would that be a responsible way of handling it, Rabbi Gerson? Yeah, I think so. I think <laughs> Thank so. you. <laughs> and finally, on my list here for a moment, according to the OU booklet, it sounds like you don't need to go buy a brand new bottle of uh, of virgin olive oil. You can't, you, and meaning you don't need one with a special hechsher on. If you get a brand new bottle with an OU, it seems like you could use that for Pesach. Am I right or wrong? But the extra virgin, you're talking about the extra the virgin, extra virgin olive, oil oil. oil is acceptable for Pesach. It's always even without a special hechsher. Doesn't need special Pesach. Yeah. Wow, did my shopping list just dwindle. 
Thank God for the rabbis. Wow. Can I ask Rabbi Gersten? Uh, I promised one of the Balabat in my shoe that I would ask him a, qu- a pace of questions. 100%. You gotta, I, we got to make that mic sound better. Uh, go I ahead, Rabbi. better I can do. My wife said she's listening to this. She says it's fine, but maybe she's hearing me from the room. <laughs> but, uh, Your wife's an expert at hearing you, Rabbi Schoenfeld. We're, we're amateurs uh, at it. Only when, only when she wants to. Even when you have a rough sermon, your wife says it was brilliant. I mean, oh, come then on. Then she hears. Then she hears. <laughs> <laughs> and then I hear it. Um, well, somebody asked me, uh, Rabbi Gerstin, about parchment paper Ooh. on uh, on Pesach. You know, parchment paper. We're talking about that that liner that's used. Oh uh, yeah. Like the quilt. Oh yeah. And that here, it, I think it needs hashkocha because it, it's it's oiled. Right. Uh, so here, something. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah I don't think it's, it's just anything special Pesach. I, I think it's just a year-round issue that they could be they could be non-kosher in that mm. pull on the the uh, release agent that they use. But if it has an OU on it, regular OU, regular OU should be fine. Yeah, yeah you're not worried about. Okay, it's not a comment. Okay, good. Um, all right, and now the most important question of the morning. I'd like the entire audience's attention, please. And Larry and Ronnie, if you want to weigh in on this one, you may. But for the rabbis, here we go. This is from listener Ellie. I've never heard such a brilliant question in my life. I don't know if you saw this or not, rabbis, but there are ads in the paper for Koshla Pesach dog food. It has a hashkacha, and I'm being serious about this. It has a hashkacha, Koshla Pesach dog food. We're under the assumption that it's kidneyous. Am I right? We're in the, or gabrachs, right? It's got to be one of them, right? It has to be one of them. So this listener says, what if a Sephardi dog is set up in a shidduch with a Hasidic dog. Does this cause a problem with the shidduch because it's likely that Kitneus and Gabrachs dominate the Kushla Pesach dog food? Shalom <laughs> <laughs> problems. I'm sure, I'm sure one of them are living in the parents' house, so I think they have to follow whatever the parents' rules are. Very good, very good, Larry. There's no way if they're a brand new couple, they're making Pesach on their own anyway. That's great. Rabbi Schoenfeld, you know we've spent a lot of time over the years discussing how to feed an animal over Pesach. We never dreamt that there would be a kosher certified dog food for Passover. Your comment, Rabbi. Uh, listen, Ashkach is going to the dogs. What should I tell you? No, listen, they have Ashkach on <clears throat> prepackaged salt water. So whatever you can get Ashkach on, people are doing. I, but, you know, by the way, I don't think it's wrong. Uh, you know, people, uh, truth is, it should be Ashkach on dog food a whole year round, that it's not made with um, with beef and milk. Uh, so I, I'm okay with that. I really am yeah. okay with that. I thought you were heading your, your traditional one, which is always, uh, come on, it's Pesach. It's Pesach. I mean, you know, you want to make sure that, you know. The, Rabbi, Schoen, Rabbi Schoenfeld, who who gets frustrated, I, I guarantee you, folks, he's frustrated that there's OUP on bottled water. I'm telling you, I know it for a fact. But, I mean, come on, it's Pesach. Pesach, you know, <laughs> start playing games on Pesach. Well, listen, we have to make a living, too, you know. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> For the folks at J Drugs, this listener uses sucralfate to prevent ulcers. Is it problematic for Pesach? No, it's not. It's no problem. Okay. Takes care of that one. Uh, a metal urn, rabbis, that's used all year for hot water on Shabbos. The cover is plastic. By the way, I think in past years, um, you have allowed, am I right? I think you've allowed for the for those types of urns to be kosher or to be prepared for Pesach. Am I right about that? 
Well, well, usually we say it depends on how a person uses it throughout the year. Right, because this listener claims that, and I, I think this has come up before by Gersten, this listener claims they actually put challahs on top during the year. Right, exactly. In our house, we do that too. We warm up food on Shabbos. Right. We put food on top of the urn. So, you know, it should not be kosher. It shouldn't be should not be kosher. No. Uh, now we know what to get hey, Rabbi Gersten. What is it? Why, why can it not be, why can't it just be kosher? In other words, well, you, I, I need, and obviously you can't use it as is. Why? Why can I not kosher? Well, I mean, I'd have to take it and I'd have to put it into a pot of boiling water or something. How would I kosher the the sides, the top? It gets because you're top. afraid that real chametz got on it because the challah. Yeah, the challah touches against the side. Would be like it with the lid of any pot, but okay. Yeah, the pot. I mean, yes, if it's just a lid, then it'd be possible. But I think you know, we put things against the sides to warm it up. It would be it just be too difficult. You know. Um. And now we know what to get her by Gersten for his birthday, everybody. He needs a non-challah urn. He needs a challah urn and a non... He needs two urns in his house, one for year-round use and one for only chumet stick use. Is Kirkland Quinoa, which is O-U, Kushal of Pesach? I mean, for, the, for the Quinoa, it has to say on it, Kushal of Pesach. There's special um, runs that are done that are clean, that are no, in, grown in places where they don't grow any other of the grains. It's a special packaging, so I wouldn't. Kirkland White Albacore Tuna, which has an OU, because it's Kushal of Pesach. It also has to have OUP, even if it's just water. But the very the different preservatives. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know that this year Kirkland has OUP product uh, on their tuna fish. I think not. But it would have to have an OUP. Does dried fruit, no other ingredients other than the fruit, have to be kosher Pesach? Is a standard hechsher good enough? No, it should be kosher Pesach. Wow. Yeah, in fact, you know, the, the Rama brings that there were people had a minute not to eat dried fruit because of uh, different drying processes that they use. They also used for chametz. And, um, you know, so even though we do eat the dried fruit, the Rama says if you know that it was done properly, it's fine. That's one of the things that person should be aware of. You know, should be careful. The dried fruit should be kosher pesach. Rabbi Schoenfeld, it seems like the rabbis on our panel are uh, are are going in the machmir direction this year. Is this a COVID uh, related <laughs> thing, or is this just a coincidence that in 2021 uh, you guys are allowing nothing on the OU pesach products program? <laughs> well, listen, I'm going to take it up so privately with Rabbi Kirsten after the show, but uh, <laughs> I'm not surprised about the dried fruit. But um, yeah, yeah. Listen, you know, we got to get with the program. If People I com- if, if I complain to Rav Schechter about Rav Gersten, would he have Rav Gersten's back? Would he be would defend him? And I would probably get nowhere with the complaint. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, but Rav Gersten against me, I don't stand a chance. So, uh... <laughs> uh, flower vases. I use flower vases that I do wash and take care of year round, but they're always on. My chametzdik Shabbos table. Can I use them on my Pesach Seder table? What do the rabbis say? I think, well, in my opinion, just if it's flower vase, just wash them, clean them, just clean them. Cold water, soap, whatever you want, just clean them. Yeah, fantastic or something, you know, just spritz it down. Oh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden I criticize, and all of a sudden everyone's (laughs) giving a tear right and left. I love it. Uh, Larry and Ronnie, you know the question. Come on, it's the annual question, Ronnie and Larry. Is any new tube of toothpaste okay for you son Pesach? Uh, yes, most of them are, uh, you know, you got your Crest, Colgate's, uh, Adwi. Um, yes, they're all, they're all good. Any other kosher brands get into the market over the years or Adwi basically is the only, you know, quote unquote, specific uh, kosher Pesach brand. Are there others or that's it? 
Well, I, in the past years, I've gotten uh, some toothpaste from Eric Chisrael and stuff like that that nice. had a hasher on it. And there was uh, one company called Smile or something. I haven't seen them around this year. Hmm. So, uh, and it, it, this year is a kind of strange year. You know, salesmen are not coming around. Um, you're not getting as much um, uh, action, I should say, before uh, before Pesach with uh, the companies trying to uh, get out there. Trust so me. It, it's been a very strange year. It's so, a strange uh, year, all right. This is the first, mm-hmm. I'm on Zoom. It's the first time I've seen Rabbi Schoenfeld, and God knows how long. That's a strange year this has been. Mm-hmm. Although he has guaranteed <laughs> me that he likely that he likely will be bungee jumping at Great Adventure uh, come Tuesday, Cholomoid, uh, as is his, his annual tradition. So we might meet up uh, down in yeah, Jack. Keep off my head with the same minute I've been doing for all the years. You're right. That is a minute. That's a, it's practically a Cholomoid minute for you. Uh, yeah. There are many things. I mean, uh, you know, there's the... Uh, do you know that there's a, uh, there's a um, halachic source, and halachic may be wrong. The rabbis may say to me it's more of a minig or more of a... But, but there are people who are makvit to eat matzah every day of Pesach. And I know that that sounds funny because people are probably saying, well, what else are you going to eat? But there are people on diets, whatever, that just don't want to wash on cholamoid. But there, I believe there is an opinion, rabbis, am I right, that because we right. don't put on tefillin cholamoid, that the simon of the holiday is matzah, and therefore we should be makvid, or the os, the os of the holiday is matzah, and we should be makvid to wash at least once each day. Have you ever heard any of that? That sound familiar? Yes, well, yeah. no, you, well, the, the, the grass says that if you eat matzah but during during you get a you can a mitzvah. Oh. that's probably where this is coming from. There you go. All right. But I think on the other hand, Rabbi Kirsten, am I right that the grah actually his meaning was to put on tefillin cholamayit? I think so. There are. The I know a lot of people. Uh, I don't think so. I think the guy didn't did not wear tefillin cholamayit. Did not wear tefillin cholamayit. Yeah, the guy held not to wear tefillin Right. And remember, I'm a I'm a great 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 grandson of the Vilna Gaon, and I believe he did not wear tefillin. Uh, you know what he did do though on Cholamoid? Anybody know what the Vilna Gaon did Cholamoid? He created a special sheer shell yom for each day of Cholamoid, for each day of Yontif. Do you know that? If you look in the Sidurim in uh, in Harnof, I don't know about any other community because it's the only time I saw it. If you look in the Sidurim in Harnof, you will see that each day of Yontif has a special sheer shell yom, and you don't just say on a Monday Cholamoid. You don't just say. Uh, the regular Monday Shushalyom. That is an innovation of the Gra. In addition to many other things, uh, I even though I've never been brave enough to do it, even though I'm his great, 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 great grandson, my father also I don't think was ever brave enough to do it, although in his case I shouldn't say that. So he may have done it during the second Seder certain years. Because we come from the Gra, uh, um, we at least mention at the beginning of the Seder that the Gra used two matzahs instead of three at the Pesach Seder. Did you know that? Two matzahs instead of three. It's the right, the Rambam, right? Hmm. Haven't been brave enough to do it, although no, it re- but I didn't know that grows like that. I did not, not know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. although Rabbi Schoenfeld, it would cut down on my matzah bill, so I'm thinking of implementing it this year. I mean, come on, three day untiv is not exactly easy, if you know what I mean. Uh, anyway, uh, it's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and alchemsegal.com. On the Nahum Single Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app, our thoughts and prayers with our community members who have uh, been victims of this devastating fire overnight up in Muncie. I know that members of our community have jumped into action like only members of our community do uh, and are trying desperately to help as many people as possible who have been displaced and injured uh, and, of course, take care of those who perished. And, uh, obviously, the worldwide Jewish community is paying special attention to this terrible disaster in our community as we think about that on this 
Tuesday morning broadcast. JM in the AM, we have a full panel. We, of course, have Larry and Ronnie Birnbaum, who are in charge of J Drugs and all their affiliates. Uh, they're with us to answer your questions regarding medications, etc. We have Rabbi Schoentold and Rabbi Gersten, who I have peppered with questions, have not stumped them yet. In fact, they've been pretty strict this year. Why? I don't know. It might be COVID-related. I don't know. Uh, but they've been relatively strict so far in their uh, uh, decisor uh, role. And um, we will continue by asking you to uh, email questions to nachomandnachomsegel.com. Again, that's nachomandnachomsegel.com, or just uh, post your question on the NSN app. Larry and Ronnie, someone wants to know about full-life Reuma Art Extra Strength. I don't know what that is. Does it sound familiar to you? No, not no. I'm not, not familiar with it. Don't know what that is, but feel free. Uh, Larry, what's the number at J-Drugs? Because you're willing to have people call your staff to ask a specific question, right? Uh, let me send it to J-Drugs um, at gmail.com, right. the question, and I'll be happy to look it up, and I'll see if I can find out some information. I'm not familiar with the item now. J-Drugs at the gmail.com, J-Drugs right. at gmail.com. Rabbis, what do we say about paper towels this year? Please don't be so strict. Give us a break. Can we use regular rolls of paper towels, uh, rabbis? Papers. Oh, no, there's no way. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone can, but I can't. <laughs> well, you're asking it straight. And it's coming. Uh, same thing we say every year. It's paper towels. It, it uh, might have glue stuck on it from some kind of paste, and it's usher, and it penetrates right through. That's the way you want to celebrate your yantas. Sounds uh, like Rabbi Schoenfeld's. We have paper towels if you want to come to my house. Sounds like Rabbi Schoenfeld's doing the Purim show and not the Pesach show. Uh, yes, paper towels yeah. would be allowed this year, uh, even despite Rabbi Schoenfeld's rant about what might be wrong with paper towels. Um, what is this, Larry? It says here, Align Prebiotic. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, Align Prebiotic is, uh, again, it's uh, a kidneyous product. Ah, okay. um, if they're using it for the stomach, you know... Um, Etc., then it's okay, but uh, it's kidneyous. All right, so we got that one covered. Um, we spoke, <laughs> people are claiming our, 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 our uh, what's the word, uh, chiming in about what to, what to feed their animals. And Rabbi Schoenfeld, I don't know what your schedule is. It's already Tuesday. Has the fish tank been taken care of, Rabbi Schoenfeld? No, tell you the truth, it has not. I'm waiting for you know the last moment possible to 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 get them acclimated to the diet of freeze dried worms. <laughs> they actually have to get acclimated, yeah. uh, otherwise it could be a very sad holomoid. Yeah, how would you like to be suddenly fed freeze dried worms? So you know, I never knew you had such sympathy for the fish, but it's wonderful to hear. Coconut sugar is coconut sugar uh, required to have a kosher pesach, or is it OU sufficient? It should be kosher pesach. All these powders and things, because of the, the way the package, they should be kosher pesach. That gives me an opportunity to give Rabbi Schoenfeld's neighbor, Aaron's Casino Farms, a plug, because coconut sugar was on my pesach shopping list. And guess what? They had it right there on the shelf. There you go. And I was able, with great satisfaction, to cross that off my list. And trust me. There's been a lot of crossing off recently over the last couple of days, I'm proud to say. Uh, Berkeley and Jensen Imodium. What did the Burnbaum say about that? Yes, no problem. Uh, oh, here a listener says the OU book lists many OU brands of extra virgin olive oil that are available without a special Pesach extra. Thank you for that. Um, this listener says, I'm worried about my parrot. We're going to be giving him seeds and vegetables. Rabbi Schoenfeld, I would think you would think that that's an uh, acceptable alternative. 
Uh, yeah, but uh, I guess I'm just make sure with the event, whoever you're speaking to, that it, that it, that a parrot will withstand it. Uh, I think one of the more common things to feed it is millet. Kidney is you're allowed to feed your animals, not a problem, but you have to make sure it's not hummus. It could be hummus. It's, it's, millet is known to be uh, good, and it's, 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 at most it's kidney. It's, it's not a problem. What was the name of our bird? I, re- I remember discussing it with you every year. But I got a call Benjamin Siegel. I forgot the name of our bird when he was growing up. But boy, did that millet make a mess around that cage every pace. I'll tell you that much. Ah, uh, you brought back some great memories, Rabbi Schoenfeld. Uh. Kushla Pesach Soda. What do people know, need to know about Kushla Pesach Soda? I am assuming that there are only limited brands that both the OU and other uh, and other Hechsherim are uh, giving a Kushla Pesach approval for this year. Yeah, as far as I, the major brands, I think uh, it's only Coca-Cola. Um, where the Canada draw Coca-Cola, and it's only Coca-Cola, not Sprite, nothing else, but Coca-Cola diet and regular. Yeah. Uh, and I, it could be, you know, not, you have to check out Canada Dry. Maybe it has the Huff KP. And Dr. Brown's. Dr. Brown. Oh, yeah, Dr. Brown's. How, how do you get through Pesach without Dr. Brown's? I mean, come on. Aaron's Casita Farms, by the way, has plenty of Dr. Brown's. Rabbi oh. Schoenfeld, uh, tell your friends at the OU. Um, I don't want to get Rabbi Gersten into a whole, you know, uh, a dust-up with the people at the OU, but you, I know, you know, I could trust you to, to make the point. Tell your friends at the OU that people are not happy about uh, no alternative to Coke and Diet Coke. There are a lot of people who would like to see Sprite, Diet Sprite, and other Coca-Cola brands uh, be Kushla Pesach. Could you pass that message along, please? I, I think they've heard it, and I think Coke <laughs> has heard it. They're trying to do something about it, but um, I, I, they... Um, you know, I was speaking to somebody last night. I, it'll come to me, and uh, that was saying, you know, to get some of the, oh yeah, like Hellman's mayonnaise. I was speaking to somebody, somebody major in the OU, yeah. uh, getting Hellman's mayonnaise to have a kosher for Pesach run. And the guy told him that you have to understand that this guy, this was actually with Frito Lays. He had this discussion. He said, you have to think of us like a huge battleship. We can go hundreds of miles. We're armed, but for us to make a turn is a major ordeal. Right. So you're taking these battleships and asking them to make a turn. So I said, well, what, you know, Coca-Cola, he says, it's amazing that Coke is willing to go kosher for Pesach for anything. Right. Why would they bother? Right. That's true. So, you know, whatever they do, we're happy. But I think one year they did have an alternative. Didn't they have something more than Coke Diet Coke one year? I think they might have had Sprite. Uh, yeah. Sprite uh, I think they might have had Sprite. By the way, that's reminiscent. Am I right or wrong? It could be a, a, just a funny story of people telling it never happened. But didn't Frank Perdue once meet with the OU? about yeah. making a special chicken run, and his answer basically was, you expect me to stop this company for an entire day to do this number of chickens, that kosher chickens that are eaten in the United States, when you know I would lose God knows how many you know, hundreds of thousands of regular poultry, and people don't realize because we're in the community, and people generally look at our own communities being so large from the inside, we don't realize that to someone like him or to Coca-Cola, these numbers are relatively small. Right. Rabbi Gersten, am I right that Rabbi Schoenfeld's more equipped to deal with the uh, Coca-Cola brouhaha than you oh, are? Sure. He would be yes. he would be a better candidate to go and That's fight for the people. I mean, look what Rabbi Schoenfeld's community did. They were advised to vote for a certain member of the city council in New York, and they came through. Rabbi Schoenfeld's community is an active community. You get your folks involved in a Coca-Cola brouhaha before Pesach, and we'll have Sunkist, and we'll have root beer, we'll have everything else we need for Pesach. Are you kidding me? <laughs> You're right. You might be right. Got to mobilize. Rabbi Gersten, is your community an active one, or they they pick and choose causes to uh, to act upon? I, 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 
You're not at liberty to say? (laughs) What about that in Miami, Birnbaums? Are there people ready to protest in favor of more Coca-Cola on Pesa? Well, Publix had the Coca-Cola on sale. You buy two, get two free. So I thought that was pretty good. That's a deal. I should drive (laughs) down to you. I should drive down to you and fill up the car. (laughs) Wow, that's a good deal. That's worth it, but uh, it's a long drive. But uh, that was pretty... uh, I'm pretty surprised. Rabbi Schoenfeld and Rabbi Gersten, the questions continue. Costco Kirkland Signature Ground Himalayan Pink Salt. What do you think? Rabbi Gersten, you can take that one. Pink salt? <laughs> Plain salt, yeah. Pink salt is, is just it's just salt. I don't, I don't think it's an issue. Uh, people should be aware, though, that pink salt has not been, has not been cooked. So as opposed to regular Morton salt and things that you buy, so on Shabbos, people want to put salt into their soup. Um, you know, it's a, it's a it's a it's a Shabbos question. Wow. Shabbos issue with the pink salt. I want to tell you something. I'm being serious. You, you don't realize how many people do that. That's a really important Shabbos thing. I, I never even thought of it. Are there other salts, or are, is any colored salt not cooked beforehand? Like, what what's the guideline? I've, I've looked into this pink salt, the Himalayan pink salt. Yeah, it's just, it's just salt. You know, it's just right. Uh, they, Get it, the rocks from the wherever they get them from, and they just grind them up into. That's interesting. Um, according to the OU magazine, romaine lettuce that stays wet can't be used. True or false? You've washed the romaine lettuce and have not dried it. Can you use it or for not? What? Well, for what? Well, I'm assuming for the seder, no. Yeah, yeah. The, the issue is if you put it in, let's say, in a plastic bag after you wash it, and the water oh. accumulates on the bottom then whatever's in that water is considered kavush. It's considered like it's soaked, uh, brined, and then it's no longer, if it's there for 24 hours. But it has to be completely enveloped in the water. That, that's the halakha. Yeah, so part of it is, I mean, I guess, you know, the concern is to dry it. I think it's in the magazine, dry it off before you put it into a bag so you don't have that issue of, you know, the water, um, you know. It's, it's... I think that's going to be my next brouhaha. I'm, I'm <laughs> that's your next brouhaha. <laughs> Uh, any nine by thirteen pans? Can we assume they don't need a hechsher? That's correct. I'm, I'm familiar with uh, one of the major producers. It, it does not. People say, "Well, it has oil. Um, it's oiled. That's the problem. It's, it's not so." I didn't, any one of them I didn't even think that was a real question. I'm glad you told me it is. Almond flour. Does it need a hechsher? Um, good question. What does it say? I think in the magazine, in the Pesach magazine, they make a distinction between. Um, Almond flowers and just raw almonds. Um, I, I I think the flowers we we uh, if you look in the in the Pesa magazine in the OU Pesa magazine there is a list of almond flowers that are acceptable but I don't think we just say any almond flower is okay. Um, but there's there's a list on you know, page 60, uh, 68 of the of the Pesa magazine. By the ones way, that do not require OUP, meaning there are a lot of OU Pesach um, almond flowers that are acceptable, right? But they have to be one of the ones listed in the magazine. Um, we should mention, by the way, and tell me if I'm wrong. The magazine is actually uh, is actually available online, right? You could do- right. download the whole thing if you wanted to. Download it, sure. I guess. I'm, go- looking, at, I'm looking at page sixty-eight. Yeah, uh, on the right nuts side. Nuts raw, nuts raw. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it says like Barney's Basics almond flour. Um, see any other ones listed there? Oh, I see Barney. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh huh. 
there are there are there are other there are plows out there with um, hashgachas, some not necessarily the strongest hashgachas, and I think that would be up to individual rabbi to say whether on almond flour he wants to accept that hashgacha for this kind of for, for, for this product. Right, because there are there are almond flowers out there with non OU hashgachas. All right. Want to wish Hatzlacha Rabbah to those who are starting Daf Yomi Shkalim today. Rabbi Schoenfeld, a lot of people on Thursday will be uh, completing Maseches Psachim for the Tanis Bechorim Siyam. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, including me. Oh, nice. Yeah. The irony, Psachim during the week of Pesach. How do you like that? I'm a Talmud of my son, Ari, to say. He actually That's delivers the shear that you listen to? That's correct. Wow, that must give you tremendous nachas. Oh, it does. Amongst a bunch of other things that he does, but yeah. Um, and, um, and we... A neighbor of Rabbi Gersten, of course. Say it again, I'm sorry? A neighbor of Rabbi Gersten. So it's a a Rabbi Gersten's positive influence, you're saying, that has led him to be a great Magid Shear. I like that. You know what they say, good neighbors, uh, well, I don't know what they say. Uh, uh, there's a matzah, supposedly, a Yehuda matzah with bran. Uh, are you familiar with this, and can one use it for the Seder? Oh, wait, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. The listener says that it says on it not to use it for the Seder. Is this correct? Not to use it for the Seder, but otherwise it's kosher Pesach? I don't know. Maybe when they say not to use it for the Seder, they're saying, you know, don't use it on the actual holiday. I don't know. Any of this sound familiar to anybody? No, I'm not familiar. I mean, mm. bran itself is not, is part of the wheat. It's right. not, you know, like a whole wheat would have more bran. It's not, it, it's not chametz. It could be put into matzah, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not aware of this type of matzah that they're referring to. Uh, the the Birnbaums have a big COVID question. There are people who now are taking zinc caplets on a regular basis. Uh, any problem with that regarding uh, chametz uh, on Pesach? Um, again, the zinc it would be the kidneys, but you should be able to take it. it. Should not be a problem. Oh gosh, I don't. You know, I would advise taking it. All right, Larry, as you know, every year I put away all my stuff for Pesach. But yeah, I don't, yeah, you have you have a big big list of things. Well, you know the list of things that I take, yeah. and I put all of them away for Pesach. But I don't know. After this whole year, thank God, Bliyain Hara, Bliyain Hara. I, you know, God somehow put zinc into my regular diet ten years ago, and I just don't know if I can give it up. Let me turn to the rabbis and see if they will. If they will give me, if they'll be lenient and allow me to take a zinc caplet on uh, Pesach. Uh, rabbis, uh, for a period of more than 10 years, I've been taking it on a regular basis, and I actually credit it for, thank God, this terrible disease staying away from me. Uh, because you've heard, of course, uh, over the year uh, how zinc is a beneficiary when you're trying to recover from uh, COVID-19. Uh, would you allow me, Rabbi Schoenfeld and Rabbi Gersten, uh, with my hand firmly on the uh, button here that will control whether you continue to be on our show, uh, would you allow me to? <laughs> would you allow me to take the zinc caplets, right, d- completely swallowed? They, they would not be dissolving in my mouth. I would not be chewing them. Would you let me take the zinc caplet this upcoming holiday? You know, your booklet uh, uh, does allow, in most cases, of uh, even questions of hummets medications if they're swallowed whole. I think it's page 110 in the booklet, if I'm not mistaken. If it's taken for medicinal purposes, like in this case, being taken for So we can we can sneak this into the medicinal category. 
Yes, exactly. This is, is as Larry but makes fun of me. This is not one of my casual herbs. This will be exactly. in a medicinal category. No, this, this is a well-proven uh, fact. You know, it, it has helped many, many people over this year. You know. Well, thank you. you know. I appreciate that very much. And now I have to work on these. The rest, sli- the rest of your stuff is suspect. <laughs> but, you know, this, this now, now I have to work on the slippery elm, the horse chestnut, and the ginger and the uh, kyolic. Uh, by so the way, it's good when you're having sushi, but uh, other than that, uh, we got to figure it out. By the way, in all seriousness, I was thinking about this the other day, Larry. I can't, can't if I t- if I eat garlic on uh, Pesach, can I eat the kyolic? Like I should be able to take it, right? Or is there? You think there's kidneys in the tablet? Um, most tablets have kidneys in it. They're, you know, most of the the tablets have uh, they use a cornstarch filler. In other words, when you're looking at medication. And it's uh, 10 milligrams or something, 20 milligrams or something. There's really 20 milligrams of, of a powder is a very tiny portion of that actual pill that you're taking. The rest of the pill is fillers. And the, the cheapest and the, uh, the most easy to use is a cornstarch filler. So that, that's why uh, many of these f- pills uh, fall under kidneys because they're using cornstarch in, in a lot of their stuff. So um, Sounds like Larry you know. just squashed my kyolic. Oh, let listen, me let me know. make a let me make a quick call to Andrew, Rebecca, and Jonathan. Maybe the next generation will be nicer to me. And uh, <laughs> there's no way Andrew will tell me Nahum just take the Kyalic. No way. I think Jonathan would tell you it's okay, <laughs> but I don't know about Andrew. Andrew's a little tougher. <laughs> All right. Uh, feel free to comment on the app with your questions, everybody. Don't forget ncsygreatadventure.com. ncsygreatadventure.com. Oh, and I brought up Dafyomi for a reason. Rabbi Schoenfeld, in all seriousness, the OU continues to be a leader in Dafyomi, and every year during this show, we try to remind everybody that if they want to study a page of Talmud per day, including today, to start Mesech HaShkalim, there are very prominent, um, well, uh, not just well-known, but popular rabbis that are giving Dafyomi on the OU website, correct? Yeah, uh, well, I know of Rabbi Elephant, of course, has been doing this for many years. I think Rabbi Rosner... Uh, has been doing it. There's uh, it, it uh, quite a few on the, right. on the OU website that have been doing it. So there you go. Uh, this listener claims that the Kirkland almond flour is in fact Kushala Pesach. Okay, that's something you should check out. This listener wants to know about other items that they can get from Berkeley and Jensen. Their sugar in the raw, their cane sugar. Or by Gersten, would these be items that, again, as long as it's a closed package, go ahead and use whichever yeah, sugar. cane sugar is fine. All right, yeah. it's all fine. Um... Hey, you ever hear of this one, uh, Larry? Bright Brand Retainer Cleaner. Have you ever heard of that product? Um, well, it, it's a retainer cleaner, so it's usually uh, those things that fall into the toothpaste, and most of them are okay. I'm not familiar with that retainer cleaner. Um, you know, how large is the retainer cleaner section at J Drugs? Is that one of the more popular sections or not? Um, it's uh, you'd be surprised. You'd be Seriously? Surprised. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's hilarious. We have an orthodontist around the corner from us who uh, sees <laughs> a lot of kids, and we carry for him the uh, the Packers, um, you know, flosses and stuff like that just to take care of that. And uh, people, uh, you know, I mean, there's always a question about retaining, you got to clean it well before Pesach. I think the rabbis could take that one over, you know. Um, you know, clean out the the braces and yeah. everything, get a good cleaning on that stuff. You so, gotta uh, you gotta boil them, or you have to bring them out to your lawn and use the garden hose on them, like Rabbi Schoenfeld yeah. does. 
know. Boiling your retainer, you might be getting a new retainer. <laughs> yeah, I know. You don't and, want to. Uh, that was a joke, folks. That was a joke. Don't sue me for your retainer, please. I'm begging uh, you. As Larry's, be careful what you say. As Larry's neighbor could attest, they're not exactly inexpensive. Hey, no. uh, the last time we were at J Drugs, Ronnie, you introduced us to your neighbor uh, uh, over at the uh, fish and appetizing store that actually has a chesed fund. You know what we've been doing? We've been promoting people to do random acts of chesed. Literally, you'll remind me what the name of the store is because literally people could walk in and they could just give a credit card and say, put $50 on your chesed fund that pays for people that can't afford their bill. Who is the, Who are the folks that are doing that over there on Avenue J? The folks that are doing it, it's the establishment, the store is called the Avenue J Fish Store. Amazing. For reasons. And it is the Falkowitz family. They're a wonderful family. They And they also have um, homemade all kosher Pesach fish products. Um, not cooked, of course, but raw products that you can purchase right. in in different sizes and in um, people who need uh, sugar-free, people who, who like to cook the fish with carrots, without carrots, all whatever you could possibly imagine, they have it. It's fresh, it's good, it's reasonably priced, and they are a wonderful family and do a tremendous amount of chesed all year round. Rabbi so Schoenfeld, they would, I'm sorry. Go, go along, they would go along with your Current oh, they certainly would. By Schoenfeld, they literally have a running tab that people uh, for people who can't afford the food, and you come in as a casual, you know, shopper and say, "Just take fifty dollars from my credit card and put it toward the, you know, the, the tab of the people that you that you feed, even though they can't afford it." It's, it's really yeah, amazing. That's, that's really, that's, that's and in general, we should uh, we do something like that with Aaron's Aaron's uh, casino uh, farms. Aaron's casino farms. We have an arrangement with them. People with vouchers. Um, so yeah, there's some other stores on Main Street. Uh, I don't want to mention them now, but uh, there's a lot of chesed going on uh, with a lot of these stores. They're, they're just great. You know, I mentioned the other day as we were doing the, the chesed project here in the big campaign, which of course ends Friday. Not that it ever ends, but you get my point. I was mentioning, uh, you know, we don't come, my family does not come from any means of significance. But my mother, of blessed memory, was makbid that every year, every child take money from what they have, even the small savings from the school bank accounts that we would keep, and give to Moos Chitim. Never, ever forget those, especially because Pesach, you should always give stuck and help people year-round, but the pressure of Pesach is insane. And Rabbi Schoenfeld, I'm sure your door has uh, been ringing all through the week with people who are just begging for $100, $200, $300 just to alleviate some of the terrible lachat, some of the terrible pressure that people, yeah. that they are experiencing because of the holiday. It's a, it's a the Mishnah and Gemara that you just finished, talk yeah. about it. How Pesach, it's a tradition. It's a tradition that Pesach is going to be financially strapping and very difficult on people. It's our tradition. So imagine yeah. how difficult it is for people. And I'm sure you've heard from plenty who are just asking for some type of relief this season. Absolutely. By the way, I want to call your attention to page 111 in the OU booklet. The OU, for the 30th consecutive year, or somewhere around there, has again taken my suggestion, and they have put the entire Sphira Omer chart on a back-to-back page. So when you rip this page out of the uh, out of the OU booklet, you can hang it on your refrigerator, and you have one page that serves as a reminder 
to count the Omer because Rabbi Schoenfeld, these days, all the kids need these fancy spheres, Omer alerts and texts and WhatsApps and remember this and I need creative cartoons, which I think they call memes. I think the kids call it memes, Rabbi Schoenfeld. They need these creative cartoons to remember to count the Omer. I go the traditional route. I hang up the sheet on the refrigerator and my wonderful wife checks off each time she counts and we're up to date. It's as simple as that. Like, <laughs> Nachum, you see what this is? I don't know if your audience can't see, but this is an OU hand diary. There you go. That's, yeah, that's what I use for every day, for whatever I need. My kids think I'm living in the Stone Age. Uh, it's, it's great. Your, your father and, of blessed memory would scoff at them, would scoff at those Firas Homer yeah. electronic alerts. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> oh, I don't even know if I can continue now after that. I'm so furious. First, we, first we have our Schoenfeld in the front lines against Coca-Cola. Now we're furious at anybody who dares put, get a Spheres Homer electronic alert as if it's the worst thing ever created. The truth is it's a great thing. And by the way, just, just full disclosure, I am a subscriber to the OU electronic Spheres Homer alert. And I think it's hilarious when Erev Shabbos at 3 p.m. I get an email about tonight's Spheres Homer. Like I'm going to remember five hours later after Mara from the, from the OU Spheres Homer alert. I'm lucky on Friday night. If we dive in early during Spheres, some people do, some people don't on Friday night. Some people will. My father never did it. He always waited till after Shavuos. But those who start their minion earlier on Friday night, I, I somehow got into this habit that when benching ends, I stand up and remember to count the Omer. If not for that, forget it. I'd be out every single week. So Baruch Hashem for that. Anyway, just yeah. giving out tips. You know what we used to do? We used to take our watch after Mariv and put it on the other hand. This way, when you're looking at the ah. times, oh, Spheris Omer, sort of like tying a uh, tying a I, string. You know I think my wife actually does that. I think I think that's what she does. Well, there you exactly. go. You're married yeah. to a righteous lady. I mean, I know your wife. I know Rabbanit Schoenfeld. Trust me, she'll do anything to make sure to perform a mitzvah. Come on, we know yeah, that. True. Yeah, I know it's true. By the way, speaking of Rabbanit Schoenfeld, those of you who are wondering where Jay Booksbaum is, and if you're familiar with Schoenfeld family history, you get the uh, you get the transition here. You get the segue. Uh, Jay will join us Thursday morning, and we'll have all the questions regarding kosher wine for Pesach, all his latest news, and, of course, what do you do if you're, uh, God forbid, a diabetic or have special situations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. By the way, do you know what I found out the other day? You know, we are makbid, and, and again, I hope, I hope one or both of the rabbis can help me with this because I have selective memory already at this stage of my life. But apparently there was a, you know, our minig is to use red wine at the Seder. And there are a variety of reasons for that, right? Do you know, and I don't remember which Torah giant it was, but I think someone said it on the air, if I'm not mistaken. Do you know there was a minig at one point because of the blood libels to specifically use white wine at the Seder? And I don't remember mm-hmm. where, it, it, I mean, I, I just can't remember the context. It came up in conversation here at some point over the last week. But it's amazing how different customs, different minhagim emerge from different situations, including situations of anti-Semitism. Uh, and I think it's important to remember as we sit down to the Seder with, thank God, relative luxury, relative comfort, with the red wine that we ideally want to use at the Seder, we're living in a unique time. Yeah. And and we have to keep that in mind. And, and a special country, right. And a very special country for now, that's for sure. Uh, electric toothbrush, Rabbi Gersten changed the brush head like one would throw out their toothbrush this coming Friday evening. Or uh, can one actually uh, just clean it well and use that electric toothbrush head 
uh, on Pesach? I mean, the, the, I think the custom is that people change their toothbrushes. So, you know, you don't have to throw it away. You can put it away till after Pesach. I don't, I don't know how expensive the electric toothbrush heads are. I don't know. I don't know either. I go with the traditional. I'm sort of like it's with me. It's like Spheris Homer, right? Where I, where I go analog. I use a regular handheld toothbrush. <laughs> oh, you have to you have to change a toothbrush, yeah. you know, periodically anyway. I mean, so it's not a big deal to change it now. Keep the old one, and then you know, when the toothbrush after three, they always recommend changing toothbrushes every three months. Well, it's obvi- it's obvious that Larry's neighbor has had an influence on him, encouraging people to change that toothbrush <laughs> as often as possible. I like and, that. And we sell and we sell electric toothbrush heads. So okay. how much? <laughs> Give me the retail uh, price. What's the retail they're, price? They're not that expensive. They're not that that much more. You buy a package of four. You know, it's like fifteen bucks or something. Like that. Depends on the company, or it'll be different companies have different prices. Under it's under not, it's not crazy. Under five bucks for a new electric toothbrush head. Uh, yeah, sure. Rabbi Schoenfeld, it's Pesach. It Obviously, spend her. spend the five dollars. It's Pesach after all. Come on. Yeah, I'm surprised people still use that. I, I, to me, it was always like a big thrill to have an electric toothbrush as a kid, but I kind of got over it pretty fast. You went but, back uh, to the... Uh... Well, they, they have electric <laughs> toothbrushes. What they and do is they have... Like, hand toothbrushes, right? It's so funny when I was switching cars. So, you know, the kids in my family, what color are you getting? I said, I'm so past. <laughs> Whatever car they deliver is fine with me. <laughs> now, about an hour from now, I'm getting my car, my new lease car delivered. I have no idea what color it's going to be. Amazing. But I know what it's not going to be. He asked me about a certain color. No, that I, I'd love to have it. Some some kind of flashy blue. But anything but that. Yeah, I mean, Rabbi Schoenfeld, a modest rabbi like yourself, it would be more appropriate if you'd go with a... Uh, more toned down color, if you know what I mean. Yeah, that's, that's all I tell them. Just keep it toned down. I wouldn't mind a fire engine red. But, I mean, you, you, know, you don't want one of those orange cars where everyone's going, oh, there goes the rabbi. I mean, you don't want that. I mean, come on. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Rabbi Klimanoff. Thank you, Rabbi Klimanoff. He reminded me that it was David Sable during our Chesed campaign interview who mentioned that the Taz wrote to use white wine because of the anti-Semitic situation. Thank you, thank you, thank you. By the way, please, Rabbi Gerson, Rabbi Schoenfeld, and to the Birnbaums, before you start the Seder, before you start the Seder, really torture your family. Let them think that you're already saying Divrei Torah before Kaddish. I mean, really, you know, get them them going. It's like, oh, we're already starting with Divrei Torah? We haven't even made Kiddush yet. Mention this. Mention that the Taz says that here's the reason why now in this era that he wrote, in his era, we have to use white wine. Good reminder. A good reminder about the times we're living in. Yeah. And let me know their reaction when the, when they discover you're actually saying well, a listen, you know, we still We light Hanukkah candles indoors because of the That's right. Of the, of the That's right. A lot of people would not for, for centuries sleep in the sukkah because they were afraid of uh, what neighbors mm-hmm. could do. So. Yeah. You'll let me know how the family reacted to your uh, Divrei Torah before Kaddish? Okay. I mean, you know, the, the singing the, the Seder, singing the Seder of the Seder, that, that's acceptable. That they can tolerate before Kiddush. But, I mean, come on. Actually sitting down and saying a vart? I mean, you know, can't we wait till Karpas? Come on, Rabbi Schoenfeld. Very <laughs> good. Uh, what can I tell you? Rabbi Gersten, is that, uh, is that something that would uh, 
that would uh, frighten the people around your Seder table if you jumped right into a vart as you sat down to the Seder, or they would be okay with that? Oh, my kids would have a whole list before me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Dad, if you're starting already, look what we have here from school. Are you kidding? Oh, my gosh, my Gersten Seder is going to go to 3 in the morning. I feel awful already. (laughs) You say that like it's a bad thing. Well, 3 a.m., it's not a bad thing. The problem is I'd like to be at Minyan on time the first day Pesach. In fact, I said, and, and rabbis and, and the Birnbaums, you're going to appreciate this, one of the saddest days for me during COVID, and I'm being totally serious about this, and believe me, there were a lot of sad days, and I'm not minimizing the awful tragedies of people that all of us know who did not survive COVID. Obviously, that's the worst. But one of the saddest days for me, outside of the life and death issues, was not being in shul first day Pesach. It just, as I'm sitting down in my dining room, last Pesach, and getting ready for Pesukah de Zimra and Yontif Shmona Esrei, and it was, it was Thursday, it was a Yontif Shmona Esrei, and, and Hallel, and, and Musaf. It was just, I, I don't know how you felt. Uh, maybe it was a different experience. Maybe you had young kids around that were, you know, gaining from the whole experience of davening with you, but for me, it was just awful. So thank God Pesach this year is much, much different. I know it's not ideal yet. It's not exactly where we want to be. But thank God it is much, much different. Uh, Rabbi Schoenfeld, Rabbi Gersten, do you have memories of being home first day Pesach and davening biyachidus? Yeah, it was, it was surreal. Just absolutely surreal. So strange. And again, we had had Shabbatot already that we were home. Like we've yeah. got, we went through the, but the Pesach morning, I don't know. And also there's that feeling. It's funny. We talked about going till 3 a.m. I'm being serious. I don't want to go to 3 a.m. only because of that. I, I love that feeling of being Pesach morning when everyone is dragging into shul, yeah. when they're exhausted. Yeah. Although this year, maybe it's a little different. It's Motzei Shabbos, but they're exhausted from the Seder and everyone's starting to complain about their stomach aches from the matzah and, and, and people are wondering if they'll make it through David. I don't know if it, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I, I miss that very, very much. Rabbi and rabbi, can I use cut and peeled butternut squash that's raw with an OU, but not an OUP? It's what the frozen, I guess, right? I guess, yeah. Um, Rabbi Gerson, what do you say? I, I, I tell people that it's okay. Yeah, I would uh, think it's okay also. Just, just raw butternut squash cut. Yeah, I, I don't think it's an issue. I bought lemon juice. It doesn't have a hechsher. It is from a quote-unquote kosher company, meaning I, I assume it doesn't have a hechsher for Pesach. Can I use it? And how about lemon juice called real lemon juice, which is not a Jewish company? Does that need a special hechsher for Pesach? Yes, I think uh, they'll no. use this real lemon uh, every year. They say it's fine, even without special Pesach. Other than that, it should have Pesach certification. Okay. Um, where am I here? Uh, Larry and Ronnie, J Drugs, Brooklyn, New York. Three locations. Amazing, enthusiastic Pesach product program um, participants here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Is Geritol vitamin syrup kosher for Pesach? Uh, I would say not. That's, uh, that's corn syrup and you're drinking it, so I would, I would leave that out. Wow. So in that case, if you really need it, you better speak to your rabbi. Right. Wow. All right, that's important to know. Uh, I'll go to some of our emails now. Those were questions that were uh, that were on the uh, app. Raw, unfiltered honey. No OUP, but it's kosher. What do you say? Um, I mean, 
you know, I, I, I believe the OU uh, recommends only buying Karshla Pesach uh, honey. Um, again, honey is one of those uh, products that, you know, it's, it's, um, it is, you know, it, it, it could be used on the same equipment as other syrups. Um, so, you know, it should be, you know, it shouldn't be hard to find Karshla Pesach. I think there's plenty of Karshla Pesach honey out there, but. Yeah, that's, I don't know prob- that's probably true. That you can get, you know, you know, the specialty honeys, but the regular honey shouldn't be a problem. Uh, we know that cr- that milk that's purchased before Pesach can be used on Pesach, correct? Kosher yeah. milk that's not necessarily a kosher brand, correct? Yes, just plain. What no other- do we use the same guideline for heavy cream? Can you buy a container of heavy cream that is kosher, but it is not specifically designated as kosher to Pesach, but you buy it before Pesach and want to use it on Pesach? Yeah, so my understanding is that the these other creams uh, have other ingredients in them. They have um, you know, emulsifiers, things that hold them. It's not the same as regular milk. Um, so you so, can't I go mean, by that rule. Yeah, so the, you should be kosher pesach only. And that's what my understanding is that a lot of these, uh, the half and halves, the, these things, you know, these type of ingredients, there's they're, they're emulsifiers added to them, and they should be uh, kosher pesach. Can you use natural walnuts and almonds that are purchased from Sam's Club? Yeah, raw nuts are fine. Um, if you don't put a chal on top of your urn, can you kosher it? And the answer is yes, right? I mean, you'd say just wipe it down well and make sure that spout is cleaned out perfectly. Spout, and you, you should pour boiling water over the spout. Ah, boiling water over the spout. And by the way, who on earth is not using their uh, urn for chal? I'd like to know. <laughs> That's a joke, <laughs> folks. That's a joke. What bracha do you make on egg matzah Friday night? I'm assuming hamotzi, no? Yeah, it's hamotzi. Prenatal vitamins, vitamin D, vitamin C, to the burn bombs we go. Oh, again, prenatal, you know, if you're pregnant, doctor told you to take it, then you should. Um, the vitamin C's, again, it falls under the kidneys. If you could do with that, then do with that. Okay. Um, there's a question every year, how to feed fish and birds. The answer is fish can either get eat, eat blood worms or dried shrimp. If you ask the fish stores, they'll tell you there's a run on this before Pesach. Um, also, birds can get millet, as Rabbi Schoenfeld said. Some birds eat fruit and vegetables, and if your bird is one of those, feel free to give them from your produce stock. All right, some good suggestions from our listeners. I like that. Um, what else do we have here? Nachum and NachumSiegel.com for your questions. Um... Where is this here? One second. Oh, uh, okay. We asked about the honey, and we got that done. Instant tea. Instant tea. Do you know of any brand, rabbis, that is kosher for Pesach? Lipton, um, uh, unsweetened, kosher for Pesach. Um, It may indeed have the OUP. I'm not sure, but I know the Lipton uh, tea. They can quickly look this up, but that's uh, also then the... um, the sweet touchney make uh, an instant tea. I'm not sure, but I know that Lipton is okay if it's unsweetened. This listener says that as far as the electric toothbrush is concerned, I use one, and changing the head may not be sufficient because toothpaste always gets all over the bottom part as well. All right, so be careful, folks. Want to make sure to clean that if uh, you think that toothpaste that had chametz uh, from your mouth in it got onto the bottom of that electric toothbrush. Uh, Costco has Kushla Pesach raw organic honey, according to one of our listeners. 
So that may solve that problem for some of the people out there. This person says, don't forget to daven early Shabbos morning. We discussed that earlier. You want to eat chametz before the Zman, which is in, in New York, if I'm not mistaken, is uh, 1025. Uh, rabbi and Rabbi, uh, I, I just hope I'm not forgetting anything. Earlier, we spoke in terms of uh, Shabbos being Erev Pesach, we spoke earlier about uh, the meal. We spoke about Shalashudas. We spoke about davening being early. We spoke about the Zroa, Beitza, and other preparations for the Seder uh, to be done on Friday, ideally, and one should really be careful to do that for a variety of reasons, which we discussed. Um, is there anything else I'm forgetting? Anything else I'm forgetting regarding this unique uh, setup of uh, Shabbos being Erev Pesach? I mean, the Kol Chamira, don't forget to say that. On... Ooh, when you burn the Chametz Friday morning, that nope. bur- that burning is accompanied by no words, correct? The words right. Kol Chamira would be done Shabbos morning. That is that is important. Plus, plus I think it's Chametz uh, um, uh, Thursday night. Thursday night will be B'dikas Chametz, and you would make and you would make a bracha then. Friday morning, you would not say the Kol Chamira. And and Kol Chamira, right? There's the no first, Kol Chamira right. on. Friday, but there is Shabbos. Yeah. Right. The first Kol Chamira is said Thursday night. The second one, Shabbos morning. Also, Tanis Bechorim, the fast of the firstborn and the uh, Siyumim that we alluded to earlier, because so many people finished Psachim this week, the Siyum would be um, on Thursday morning. Ooh, I better remember that. I got to contact her by Goldwasser and go through the schedule for Thursday morning, because usually, of course, that uh, Siyum takes place on Erev Yontif. But this year, it will not be Shabbos, Erev Pesach. It will not be Friday, Erev, Erev Pesach. It will be this coming Thursday. Um, to J Drugs we go. Maxi Health makes an OUP vitamin C. Is that accurate, Larry? Yeah. Yes, it is. They have several items that Maxi Health put on their uh, list that they uh, came out with this year. Um, any of them, Slippery Elm, Kyolic, or Horse Chestnut? I don't think Maxi Health makes any of those products. Yeah, they stick with the basic stuff. Not the, yes. not the specialty yeah. stuff that Nahum Siegel takes. Well, this could speak to them. I'll put you in touch. <laughs> Maybe I'll make a special line <laughs> for the 12 people. Nahum, listen, their chazan that came out with vitamin lines and stuff like that, good for the voice and stuff like that, you know, that we have in the store, you know, um, things of that nature. Uh, maybe you can have the Nahum Siegel vitamin line. There's an Uncle Moshi, uh, you know, vitamins and stuff that's very popular. Anything anything new this year? A product in the medicine or uh, health line for Pesach that you were uh, that you uh, that you saw that just popped into the store, or is everything basically what's been the past few years? No, nothing really. You know, like I said, it's been a very um, uh, strange year, yeah. and I think people are just concentrating on just doing normal business rather than trying to solicit, um, you know, something new and uh, changing. Um, just getting the regular stuff out has been an issue, you know, that it's hard to bring stuff from other countries and, um, you know, it's just, uh, the year has been a very, very strange year. So, uh, people's, you know, concentration is not so much on what's new and improved that we could do, but more, let's see if we could get what we used to do back up to what we were doing in previous years. Ferrocite iron. You know anything about that? Iron is uh, is necessary, and if the doctor recommended to take it for low blood for anemia, yes, you can take it. Sugar in the raw cane sugar. Rabbi Gerson already answered that you can use a uh, new package of both of those products, which I believe are BJ's products. By the way, Rabbi Schoenfeld, and I hope I'm not. I really hope I'm not uh, going to regret this because it, you never know. There could be somebody on this 
Zoom call that doesn't agree with me, but we have Larry and Ronnie here, and they are obviously medical experts from the pharmaceutical end. How about a word, Rabbi Schoenfeld, and we can get a word from everybody on this. How about a word on encouraging people to get vaccinated? How about a word on encouraging people to to do what every, I'm not saying every scientist agrees, but every medical personnel that I have spoken to all have agreed. I haven't found one that hasn't agreed that it is a good idea to take the COVID-19 vaccine. Rabbi Schoenfeld. Look, my, my topic for the, the, the Shabbos Agarot Drush, which I'm giving via Zoom Thursday night, is Hamiris Vakanta in Isura that we have to take, and it plays a role in the, in the Seder too, but we have to take uh, issues of life and death more and health more seriously than we have to do even comics. So, um, uh, so it, it, it's just paramount. I don't understand the resistance. I don't understand how people were at their own peril, uh, ignoring all the vice of the experts over the about distancing, masking. I don't get it. But now when it's coming to, to, to vaccines, it's equally nutty, all these conspiracy theories. You absolutely, positively must get vaccinated. But you can find one day somebody coming, developing a third arm. We'll talk about it. Uh, but so far, we know that lives are being saved. You must get it. It's simple as that. Rabbi Gersten, before we turn to our... Uh, uh, if I could throw in a word uh, on that. Yeah, but, but uh, one, one, second, one second, Larry, on the on the oh. spiritual end. Anything you want to add, Rabbi Gersten, before we go to the burn bounce? I, I agree 100% with Rabbi Schoenfeld. It's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's, this is what saves lives, so you have to do it. Larry, take it away. Uh, myself, uh, Ronnie, and all my staff have all gotten their shots. Um, we feel it's essential uh, to get things back to normal. People who said I had COVID it's three, six months ago, I'm not going for the shot, uh, are just being foolish. You should get vaccinated. It's important to, especially in our Oilam, where we have so many people that got sick and died. Um, it's mamish, you know, a second and a fush is not to take the shot. Everyone should have their shot, get their shot. I think the uh, the government is uh, stupid in the fact that they're distributing it to Yankee Stadium and and uh, you know Javits Center instead of giving it to local pharmacies uh, to give out the shots. We do uh, over a thousand flu shots every year. We do wow. Shingrix, et cetera, et cetera. We bring the the shots to the public. Um, I have people that are waiting in their homes for me to get the shot to be able to go to their house, and I will uh, once we get them. Uh, and I will give shots to people in their homes uh, so that people could start going out and be normal life. I have customers that, uh, you know, 80, 90 years old and have momish been prisoners in their homes just waiting to get to be able to get a shot and be able to get out and, and join the public. So I think that the, the people who are, uh, forget the conspiracy, they're waiting for the Johnson shot, they're waiting for this, waiting for that. Momish, if you could get on a list, get a shot, must, must, must get a shot. Um, listen, this is the only way we're going to get back to normal and, and get back to doing everything that, uh, that we want to do and, and go to shul and not infect other people. Um, very, very important thing. It's, uh, medically makes sense and, um, just makes sense for, uh, for everybody to do it. The you know, are, they're, the, they're not vaccinating their kids. Some, some people they're getting mumps and, you know, uh, rubella and chicken pox and all this stuff, diseases that were eradicated. And they're coming back because people are being foolish um, and not doing the proper vaccinations in their proper time. The um, the point you just made is one I never thought of, and I'm so glad you brought it up because it's part of our Chesed uh, campaign. 
because these shots are at Javits and Yankee Stadium, it doesn't give you or any of your colleagues the ability to go to someone's home and administer a vaccine. I never even thought of those who are still hesitant to leave or can't physically leave. And you are willing, and so many other people, I'm sure, involved in Chesed, Hatzalah, Chaveirim, etc., who are capable, the nurses in our community, etc., are ready to go to these homes and vaccinate everybody, and you're not given an opportunity to do that. So it's amazing. You're so right. Instead of making this vaccine. We have people calling us on a daily basis regarding the vaccines, and what Larry said is 100% true. Not all of the senior citizens are so computer literate. Of course. The websites to access the uh, vaccine sites are very difficult to navigate, and they get frustrated easily, understandably so. And they just do not have that proper access for it. And they are the most vulnerable of our population. Not that everybody should have the vaccine. There's no reason why anybody shouldn't. But certainly the senior citizens of our community need to be protected. As we saw, there was <sighs> there, were, there were terrible tragedies last yep. year yep. regarding the senior citizens. And what you, you spoke about davening, I, I have to tell you, while, while, about uh, the, the, the first morning of, of Pesach, one of the saddest stories one of um, my customers told me was that she was an 80-plus-year-old woman. Unfortunately, her husband passed away, and because of the COVID situation, she was alone for the Sadaram. And she said to me, Ronnie, for the first time in my adult life, I had to say the Manashtana and have a Seder all alone. And, yep. and it, it made such an impact on me. I think about it very often when I think about these people, about how people were so alone and our community is not built like that. Our community is a community of, of togetherness. And our weddings are large, our simchas are large. Unfortunately, sometimes the, the tragedies involve many people. And if we want to be able to continue these things, people must be vaccinated. And, and, and there aren't, there's is no reason, and every medical expert says that, that people must be vaccinated. Yeah, then I think of the solitary that our widows, widowers, divorcees, singles were subjected to last Pesach and too often during the entire year. It's simply unbelievable. Um, I ask everybody to keep others in mind between now and always, obviously, but between now and Friday, uh, even more so. I promise you, if you contact her by Schoenfeld or any responsible synagogue rabbi in your area. I promise you they know people who need help right now before Yontif. I promise you they know people for whom a $100 gift card at a supermarket or a case of wine or a, a bouquet of flowers would be helpful and would help lift their spirits and help ease the burden of this holiday. Contact Rabbi Schoenfeld. Contact any of the thousands of responsible pulpit rabbis who lead congregations in this country and around the world. And again, you will be instructed how to help someone. When those people thank you, simply tell them to do something similar, even if it doesn't cost anything, uh, for someone else and enhance their yuntif. Rabbi Schoenfeld and Rabbi Gersten, if you think we've gotten to all the questions the Jewish people have about Pesach, you are incorrect. Is there a hotline number? Is there an email address? Is there a WhatsApp group? What recommendations can you make for those who want to be in touch with the OU today and ask their Pesach question. Okay, so the, the OU hotline, um, is the phone number is 212-613-8241. Uh, 
and um, they have extended hours. Uh, they even have Sunday hours, Erev Yantiv, uh, Friday, Erev uh, Erev Yantiv. They're going to be hours for questions. I mean, you know, Shaila's come up. People bought the wrong product. They, you know, so that's the number to call: two one two six one three eight two four one. And there's also uh, kosherq at ou.org, and that's for the uh, to send in your email questions. And um, you know, if you have a question or if you have a, uh, uh, you know. I would recommend calling it in as early as possible because um, it gets hundreds of questions that are being put in, you know, every hour, and it just they, they can't keep up. At some you mean point. they're bombarded more than we they're are? Bombarded, uh, yeah. Um, already starting uh, before Purim, the questions start coming in for Pesach, and it just doesn't stop. Um, oh, actually, so. yeah, there are some good Purim. There are some important Pesach questions. Uh, right after Purim. Like, what do I do with all this leftover Mishloch Manos? That's a big one. <laughs> exactly. Let's <laughs> wish everyone a Chag Kosher V'Sameach. We'll start with Ronnie and Larry Birnbaum. Not only do we wish you a Chag Kosher V'Sameach, uh, Larry and Ronnie, could you remind us of the three locations where we could find your expert staff and you could give us the email one more time where people can ask medicine and medication questions before Pesach? Absolutely. Uh, J Drugs is on uh, 1205 Avenue J on Avenue Janie's 12th in the heart of Flatbush. Um, J Drugs 2, which is on the corner of East 34th Street and Avenue N on the curb over there, uh, um, 3402 Avenue N, serving the Marine Park area, which is really growing leaps and bounds. Yeah. And the third store, Kings Bay Chemist, which is on the corner of W and Nostrand Avenue. And um, we have uh, the Adwe products there. We have the special Pesach products. We've got toothbrushes, toothpaste, whatever you need for Pesach. And we're always happy to answer everyone's questions. You can come in and ask, not a problem. And the email uh, that I have just for really Pesach questions and other things, of course, right. uh, jdrugs at gmail.com. I'm looking at it always, and I respond to it pretty rapidly. Well, I think... Have a kashavah and be safe, and, um, and everyone uh, have a wonderful Pesach. And I thank you both very, very much. Uh, Rabbi- it's always a pleasure, Nachum, as, as usual. I just, uh, as Rabbi Gersten said, we get many, many, many questions, and we hope that the island will be um, kind to us and understanding and, and realize that we're trying to answer everybody's questions and um, be a little bit patient. We will get there. <laughs> Our staff is part better than any staff in, in, the, in the metropolitan area. They do everything that they can to to satisfy the, the communal needs. And we're very, very proud of them. Well, and we thank you, and we thank your staff. Uh, a lot of good people over there. Um, Rabbi Gersten, have you made a final decision? Two matzahs or three matzahs this year at the Seder? What have you decided after our conversation about the half hour I'm ago? Gonna stay with the three matzahs. You're going to go with the three? You're going to go with the three. I can't convince you otherwise, huh? Remember, the Gras used two, Rabbi Gersten. Are you familiar with that? That the Vilna Gon used two matzahs at the Seder. I, I just do what my father does. Do so. you think that was a money-saving measure, or do you think the Gras had <laughs> other considerations, Rabbi Gersten? What do you think? <laughs> you know, the Gras had had you know Kolatarakula on his you know on his mind all the time, so I can't you know can't compete with that. But... In general, was he a cost-cutting type of rabbi, or you're not sure? <laughs> There's no tradition when it comes to that. <laughs> Never met him, but Rabbi Gersten. Uh... Rabbi Gersten Murrer, will you be using the real deal, or will you be copping out with some type of substitute Murrer situation? 
Well, we actually use the real deal, which is the uh, which is the chazeres, which is the romaine lettuce. That's the ideal thing to use. Whoa, whoa! You yeah. just completely, you just completely knock. That's a that's a first round knockout of Nachum Siegel. When right, I said right. real deal, I meant the real horseradish, and you're telling me it's better to use the romaine lettuce. Yeah. Yes, in the list of the Mishnah, where it lists off the different uh, what comes first. Actually, the chazeres, the one we use, the romaine lettuce, is listed first, and the Murrer, wow! Uh, Roadmade lettuce is later down on the list. Rabbi Schoenfeld, uh, will I recover from this uh, from this knockout punch that Rabbi Gershon just issued in front of all my listeners? <laughs> well, I got to tell you, you know, I I, I, I have Mr. Bruce here, which actually I have got to be on in two minutes. Uh-oh. Uh oh. We've been going through that, and correct, the uh, Chazaris is listed as number one. Uh, you know, and I it's actually it's actually this year that I kind of kind of that it settled in on me that the romaine lettuce is numero uno. Even though you all think of it as the horseradish stalk. Right. Yeah. I went out of my way. I was at Aaron's Casino Farms. I loaded up my shopping cart with like 30 stalks just to make sure I had a shear. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Rabbi Gersten, I'll be dumping them in front of your house before Pesach. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Rabbi Gersten uh, will be using the romaine lettuce, and he will go with the three matzahs. Yeah, have a little bit of the, uh, the, you know, just, just, you know, to remember the old days, we we have some horseradish also. But are you a harosis guy, Rabbi uh, Gersten, or uh, you're just like a little bit of harosis guy, like you know? Just... Well, actually, I, we, we, I like harosis. So oh. I, the more I just you know just step in a little bit, but then I eat it during the meal. Nice so, that you take the matzah like I do, and you spread exactly, the harosis yeah. on it. I, I see, I see where we're like uh, bir- birds of a feather there, uh, Rabbi Gersten, and Rabbi Schoenfeld. I'm begging you. It's already almost at noon time. Well, not noon time, but midday Tuesday, Rabbi Schoenfeld. It's almost midday, and I'm saying it to you like that to uh, forewarn you that that fish tank needs attention. This is something that Rabbanit Schoenfeld, I don't think, is going to be tolerant to wake up Friday morning and discover uh, that fish tank has not had its annual. Cleaning. Sharbai Schoenfeld, I'm begging you for Shlom Bayit and many other reasons. Please, today, hike up those trousers, take <laughs> off those socks, get yourself into that fish tank, and as you do every year, make it sparkling clean for the upcoming holiday. Well, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> I'll definitely keep that in mind as I wait till Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Rabbi Nietzsche Schoenfeld is not going to get any sympathy in this area, huh? I need more sympathy. She's just praying when she lights candles. She's got a sparkling fish tank next to her. That's all. Before that, she can't have any unexpected expectations. I thank you all very, very much. Wish everybody a chag kosher v'sameach. Rabbi Schoenfeld, I'll see you Tuesday. Please, God, at the bungee jumping area of Six Flags. And uh, everybody have a wonderful Yontif, and I thank you all for joining us. The annual Pesach product show. Thank you to the OU. Big thank you to Aaron's Casino Farms, of course. And a big thank you to all of you for tuning in. My gosh, what a great show. And that was this week's edition of JM Rewind, and a comprehensive look at the Pesach products program from earlier this week. More coming up. Keep it right here at the Nahum Single Network.